everyone, this is Nisha with Ami Tuckered Out, and I'm here for a special edition with Ami Ravel Desai. Hi, Ami. Hi. So we are going to ask you some questions from the millennial perspective because we really love what you're doing out there and we're inspired by you. You're a trailblazer that we are wanting to be like, so I have a few questions from you from that perspective. Oh my gosh, that's so exciting to hear. Thank you. Okay, so I'm going to ask some beauty questions first that people are dying to know. Ooh, okay. So... What would you say for people in their 20s, what should they religiously follow that you wish you did? Okay, so I would say my biggest thing, I will say I came from a household where like literally my mom was a skin freak. So she made me go to a dermatologist when I had like my first breakout and the dermatologist was like, um, she's a teenager, like she's going to have a zit, so calm down. But she made me start using eye cream when I was like 21. You know, I think the biggest thing is like preventatively, um, it's never too soon to start. I think some girls are like, oh, I don't need to wash my face tonight. And it's like, girl, wash your face. <laughs> like wash <laughs> your face because it's going to come haunt you later on in life. So wash your face, use sunscreen. And one of the biggest things that I feel like even girls who do take care of their skin but don't pay attention to is your neck. Don't avoid that area because it's a critical critical part of you. It's what holds our head up. <laughs> That's what my mom is drilling into me, neck. Because she nowadays she's like, my neck wrinkles. I wish I took care yeah, of it. Yeah, so. it's true. And I will tell you, what's that? I don't know what it's called, but it's that whole thing that they're calling now when you look down onto your phone. So it's like oh, this, yes. you know, I, I'm just always so self-conscious about that. So me I would too. say, don't forget your neck. <laughs> I know it's like causes bumps and roundness in the back too. So yeah. it's not a good look. Mm-hmm. So I have another question. What would you recommend for concealer? I know you mentioned that earlier, that a good concealer is key. So what would you recommend for brown skin? Okay, so there's a few that I really, really like. Um, I will say, unfortunately, like, you know, at the drugstore, there are, we're seeing more and more range. But as far as formula goes, I think there are some fantastic drugstore options, um, like Maybelline, Superstay, has a really, really great one I love. However, I don't think that the range of colors is necessarily there. I love the formula again. I think it's great. It's something that I've been able to find for myself that works really well. But I've noticed when I'm working with some of my friends or other girls that are maybe a different shade um, of brown that it doesn't always work with them. So I will say that one of my absolute favorite concealers right now is the Tarte Shape Tape, which I think is a favorite amongst many. But Tarte Shape Tape is by far one of my favorites. Um, And they also have a corrector that comes in like a little palette. Those are like my two religious go-tos that I use. Like I use the corrector first and then I use the concealer and I'm golden for the day. Um, And the range of colors there are really, really good too. So Tarte Shape Tape. And then um, the other one is um, if you're looking for something a little lighter coverage, um, Becca Cosmetics has the Aqua Luminous concealer that I really like because it's great for everyday wear. So you don't have to worry about, you know, being too cakey. So I really like Becca too. I love Becca and their illuminators are probably yeah. the best, oh my God, the best I've ever used. Ever. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. And you know, you mentioned Maybelline. I feel like the Maybelline and Tarte are really killing it, but Maybelline for OTC. So do you like a lot of their other products? Cause I know I do. Oh yeah. So Maybelline is part of the L'Oreal family. So I, I'm like, I will say L'Oreal, Maybelline, NYX, which is a part of their family too. Like those three are amazing. Like Maybelline is for sure has moved up in the ranks as far as my go-to drugstore brand. However, my favorite (laughs) drugstore brand is like Milani Cosmetics. 
I don't yes. know if you guys, I mean, oh my God. I love Milani Cosmetics. <laughs> I think it's so underrated. Like I don't think people know too much about it or as it's not like as hyped up as, you know, Maybelline or some of these other brands, but oh my God, like the payoff of the shadows and the pigments and the, the wear is just to die for. Like, I mean, the dupes that you can find as far as blushes go, I know like one popular one that a, lo- a lot of people know about is the NARS Orgasm Blush, which obviously like the Kardashians made really popular. Um, Luminoso, which is part of their Baked Blush series, is just, it's beautiful. It looks amazing. They have this other one that has more of a peachy hue that is so go- gorgeous, like for an everyday look for brown skin. So, and I think, at most, everything runs about, um, again, five, ten dollars you're looking at. Oh, oh and then God, they're so cheap. One company that I found has made huge strides from when I was little is Wet n Wild. So when I was little, Wet n Wild was like the brand to go to because it was like, oh, yeah. it's fun and like you have these colors. But I never thought the quality was great. It was just more something fun to play with. But I have been really impressed with their um, their stuff lately. Like I just picked up their photo focus foundation. It's $6 and it's awesome. I but. just picked up their eyeliner, their yeah. liquid eyeliner, which oh, I loved. So done. I was surprised. Yeah. They used to break all the time when we were younger. Like yeah. lipsticks would pop off for no reason. <laughs> yeah. And then NYC liquid liner, NYC, not NYX, NYC liquid liner, hands down, favorite liquid liner. NYC, that's what I use yeah. regularly every day. So good. Yeah. Perfect exactly. wing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, I want to talk to you about this. You mentioned earlier that you got in a young relationship Mm -hmm. and a prime subject in millennial is relationships. So there's so many of us who aren't married yet and, you know, worry about when will we find somebody. And you mentioned that as not necessarily an obstacle, but something you had to work through. So how do you feel like it helped and hindered you? Yeah. So that's actually a good question because it's always one of those things that the grass is always greener, right? Like I think both me and my husband, you can ask us both candidly. And we both, I think say like, well, obviously like, you know, to kind of do things in your, you know, early twenties that we didn't do because we had found each other is something like, Oh, I I don't know what it's like to date someone else. Or I don't know what it was like (laughs) to do that. Um, but I think it was amazing because I look at it now and I'm like, Oh my gosh, like I literally, like we went out to dinner the other day with my parents and I was talking about my 21st birthday and we kind of stopped and looked at each other and like, oh my God, we, you were at my 21st birthday because we were dating, you know? Um, so it's, it's like priceless, the memories that we get to share together and to have someone that, you know, I think the biggest thing is finding a partner that you dry, uh, derive a lot of motivation and inspiration from because that is the number one thing. I think if anybody has pushed me to basically go after my dreams, it's it's my husband. He's always from day one been like, you can do whatever you want to do, whether it be like getting in shape or doing something with my career. It's like, he's like, well, don't make excuses. If it's something you want to do, go do it, you know? And he's like, and, and I, he totally, um, leads by example. Like, I mean, he, he does it. And then I'm like, if he can do it, I can do it as well as everyone else. So I think those are things that were super helpful because it's almost like having your own personal cheerleader right next to you. And almost like that security blanket, right? It's like, I don't want to say security blanket because we are each other's security blanket, but I think it's one of those things like you have someone that is by your side, like your BFF, your ride or die for life. That is just like your partner. 100%. Like no one else is going to have your back more than this person. So to have that in your corner, it's just you feel like unstoppable. Um, And then as far as hindrances, it's just been more stuff like you're you're thinking more collectively than you are 
selfishly or Mm -hmm. solo, right? So I think at an early age, I had to make decisions. And and I don't want to say I had to, I chose to make decisions that were for the better of us as a group or as a duo than, um, than as a solo person. Like, yeah, I probably would have made different decisions. I could have, I, I don't know if I would have, but I probably would have made different decisions. And, and so I do think like, huh, would I, would I maybe have started my career in social media earlier? And would I maybe be, you know, where I am now five years ago? Um, Maybe, but then would I have my two little kids right now? No. So, you know, I think it's a little bit of like, yeah, I could sit here and play like coulda, woulda, shoulda, but I'm really happy with the way it turned out. And now all I'm doing, I think the hardest thing for me is like being at my age, trying to break through in this game where I'm like surrounded by, you know, girls that are 25 years old. But at the same time, it is really validating when those girls are the ones coming to me and being like, well, I want to be like you when I'm a mom or like you make me want to get married and have kids, you know? Um, And at the same time, I hope that that also does not, I feel like me getting married really young also kind of set this message of like, oh, like I was a good traditional Indian girl, you know, like, Mm -hmm. oh, you got married at 25 and, and then you had kids at 30. And so you're doing everything that an Indian girl should be doing. And it's like, it may look like that to some people, but for me, it's just something that actually did happen. You know, like I, I met the person I really thought I wanted or want to be with for my my life when I was really, really young. So it's not that I was trying to fit a certain mold or go against a certain mold. It's just, it, it is what it is, but it's definitely caused me, um, like at certain times to pause and be like, okay, what am I doing? And why am I doing this? And am I doing this for me and him, for us? Or am I doing this for myself? So Yeah. I think that's admirable though because I feel like when you go in the future and you're making decisions either with clients or with you know people you're helping, it, it gives you insight into how to make a decision or interact with somebody. And I think it's admirable that you're sharing that of the struggle that you guys shared with each other. And I don't think that you, you're like in that mold of South Asian women that – you know, you follow these certain steps and you're this good girl because you're breaking into an industry that's not really common and it's really hard. And like you said, you're a mom and you feel like you're older than other influencers. So I feel like that is extremely against the grain. And I would never, ever put you in that category. Oh, good. Well, that makes me feel good. Thank you. Yeah, Yeah, of course. And then I want to ask you, because a lot of millennials, like you were saying, look up to you about you know, how to create a social following like this, mm-hmm. especially young women. So I want to know, like any young women or men who are out there who want to build a platform like yours, what would be the best advice to start to take action? So my biggest advice is you have to like, I mean, eat, breathe and love your own self, like your own vision, right? So no one is going to believe in yourself and what your message is if you don't. So I mean, like, just think about that every time you're trying to do something that this is what you were meant to do. And this is what you want to do, no matter what your own mind tells you, like you, you have to believe in that first and foremost. And again, like I talked about this, you have to manifest it, like you have to know that you belong in this in this space of whatever you're doing. Um, But I also think the other thing, especially within uh, the social media field specifically is um, consistency. 
It's the number one thing I think people ask me all the time. And even when I was, it's funny because the way I kind of fell into it, or I don't say, I say fell into it, but you know, I came first from a producing background and then I hosted. And then what happened was after the own show ended, I still had two kids under two and I was like, okay, I'm going to focus on this for a little bit. But when I started getting back into the, the, the world of trying to, to do TV stuff, I noticed that I would go on these meetings and agents and managers were interested in what my following was. And I was like, what? Like, what do you mean? Like I worked for Oprah and I, I produced at CNN and I did stuff at Insight. Like I have such a great resume. Why do you not yeah. want to look to that? And they'd be like, yeah, so what's your Instagram handle? And I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is Yikes. what it is. And I think what I really realized, especially this was, I think at the end of 2016 and this is 2016, I walked into a meeting and I remember I left and I left thinking, oh my gosh, I am trying to sell myself as what I think I should be, which is a kick-ass host that could do it all. I can produce something if you want me to. I can present it on air if you want me to. I can talk about beauty and I can make women feel good about themselves and I can make moms, I can give them advice on things. And and they were like, great, that's good. <laughs> but they really want to see it, you know? And I've learned that like, Everyone just wants to see it. Everybody wants to see something before. So like before I go into a meeting, I'm like, oh, I'm going to have a video already done on that. So I can just be like, click. So you can see how I mm. um, I basically created what I want people to look at me as, right? So mm. I, I kind of went through a few exercises. One of actually one of my amazing Instagram followers reached out to me and she's in like public relations. And she was like, I want to do an exercise with you around your messaging and like what your brand is. And it was wow, the most cool. helpful 20 minutes of my life because at the end of it, I came out and I was like, I am so clear on where I stand and who I want to attract um, in this space. And since then, I have been very clear as far as like what I put out there. And I feel like it's exactly, it's going in the direction I want. And I'm seeing, you know, um, slow and steady growth, which is, which is great. So yeah. I'm, I'm really really grateful for that. But I would say consistency is like the biggest thing with social media. Like if you have a message that you want to get out, you can't do it once a week. You can't do it two times a week. You've got to do it every day because there's someone else out there that is doing it and that is probably doing it that much more um, efficiently and that much, you know, on a different level than you. So you've got to keep up and you've just got to get it, get that content out there over and over and over and stay yeah. ready. That's Stay really ready. good advice. And be a little bit specific about where you're targeting. So for me, like when I was done with my little branding exercise, for me, it was about, um, I really was like, you know what? I want to be, I would go in a lot of meetings and people would say, you can't be a mom and you can't do beauty and you can't do lifestyle. Like it's just not, no, 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 you can't. You have to focus on one. And I was like, okay, okay, I'm going to do beauty. No, no, I want to do mom. And I was like, what? Like, no. <laughs> you know, that's bullshit. Like I can do all three because today in today's age, that is exactly what a modern mom is. We can do all of it. We yes. can still prioritize ourselves and look good and exercise. And we can still be badass moms and take care of our kids. And we can still go ahead and pursue our passions and our career goals or whatever it may be. So I was like, I'm going to represent that. And I hadn't seen women of my background necessarily. I haven't seen South Asian women. I've seen amazing South Asian beauty bloggers and fashion gurus. And, and I feel like I'm sure, I'm sure there are so many other women that are similar to me. And it's exciting because I've 
starting to connect with them. But it's exciting to see that one, there's a community that wants to see that kind of content and that is responding to it. And that there is also a growing community of other um, influencers that are doing that kind of stuff. So So how would you say you first gain followers and then turn that into a lucrative money stream? How would you suggest somebody does that? So I would say it's, it does not come easy. You know, like I've been doing this for a year and, um, I'm just now starting to see things turn into, uh, where I'm not doing it for free, you know? Um, and I think the biggest thing that I found for me, and obviously it depends on what space you're going into, um, for me, uh, the beauty aspect of it is huge. And I think, um, I hate saying it like this, but brown is really in right now. Like this is our mm-hmm. moment. We are having a moment. Like brown women in the space of beauty is like, you know, you see Fenty beauty and you see all this like inclusivity of like diversity and all this stuff. It's huge right now. And I see this being something for the next two to three years. So I'm like trying to strike while the iron's hot. And I kind of want to add a layer to that and be like, oh, not only is it cool to be um, brown, but it's also cool to be like in your mid thirties and be brown and be able to hang with the 25 year old, you know? So um, I'm trying to put my spin on it. So uh, yeah, so to gain followers. So I think the biggest thing with the beauty stuff was really establishing myself with brands that have a, um, a good base. So for instance, I think my first major collaboration was with Sephora. And that was huge because that gives you a lot of street cred. That's a great brand, right? People love it. They have 13 million followers on Instagram. So if they post me doing a makeup tutorial, it's like, oh man, maybe I should be watching her and maybe I should be following her because she's got some great insight. And I think that is one aspect of it. And another thing that I found to be really useful, like, you know, I think anybody can go on Instagram and I think sometimes you'll be like, why does this person have like 6 million followers? And they just post pictures of their dog and you know, whatever. And it's like, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what it is. There are some people, it's just like, I guess what for me used to be back in the day when you just connect with someone on TV, like a personality you see, but Mm -hmm. for me, it's, it's work. Like I, I have to, um, really work at it. And I think the biggest thing is like speaking with authority. So for me, it's about why, what is going to bring someone back to my page? Why will they want to come back? And so for me, it's like, well, I'm going to give them tidbits about beauty. And I'm going to give them tidbits on like, I'm not just going to share like, here's my lipstick. It's like, here's my lipstick. And if you're brown, you're going to love it. If you have fair skin, maybe try this one. Or here's my outfit. Like I love doing budget beauty finds, you know, hey, if your body's changing, because you just had a baby, but you really want to wear this dress, let me show you how to get it for 50 bucks. You know, it's like, I love that speaking with authority in that, like I'm saying, come to me, Cause I'll give you, I'll be your girlfriend that gives you the advice and tells you exactly where to get that, um, for whatever it is you want. Yeah. That's a hard thing to do for people. I think sometimes step into their authority and really voice their powers. So that's yeah. a really good advice. What do you think is the top problem people in my generation have and how can we fix it? Okay. I mean, <laughs> I hate to be like the parent that's like, what is your problem? No, um, <laughs> I think, I think personally is that. And I see this across the boards in a lot of things, not only with beauty or with other things, but in professionally, I think it's like loyalty. Like it's, it's a lot of ADD, you know, there's a lot of like, oh, it's, it's wanting to have things instantaneously. Right. So it's like having everything instantly, but then getting bored of it really quickly and moving on to the next thing. So the loyalty, and I see that even right now, as I'm learning more and more about brands and partnerships and why people want to partner with me versus millennials or, or whatnot. And it's that 
you know, my demographic, um, which ranges from like the most demographic I have is like the 25 to 35, like it's the very loyal brand loyalty people. Like they find a product and if it's with Lancome, they're going to stick with it because they know they trust that brand. Whereas um, millennials, like the younger millennials are like, mm, that's a good concealer. And I'm getting, okay, I'm going to get that one. I'm going to get that one. I'm going to get that one. <laughs> you know, it's like, I'll get five different kinds and there's no loyalty. And I think it's, um, it's like that with a lot of stuff, you know, with careers, with, shows with everything everything's very it's fickle so I think it's about just kind of like and I think that's just about like enjoying the moment like enjoy where you are that doesn't mean be complacent just just stop and think like where you are for a minute and really soak that in and then if you don't like it then let's move on but you know don't be so instantaneous with everything that you need and something I have to tell myself even now but I I, yeah with all the technology that we have access to everything is instant instant I struggle with that too yeah, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. And my last question for you mm-hmm. is what does Oprah smell like? Oh my God, right? She smells like, oh, she just smells like everything good in life. I was fortunate enough to bring my parents to one of the shows and my dad happens to be a very, very spiritual person. And I was like, dad, when you meet her, you talk, you hug her and you leave, you know? And he ended up, <laughs> of course, talking to her. And I was like, oh my God, dad, dad, dad. And she was like, it's okay. And she like grabbed my dad's hand and she was like, what was your favorite? Like she just connected with him. And I was like, oh my God, I totally got it. Then I was like, I know why she's Oprah Winfrey and has had her show for, you know, decades. And now has this, um, just basically built this empire that she has. It's because she is able to connect with perfect strangers in a completely um, out of world, out of body experience kind of way. That's beautiful. I feel like that's what we all aspire to be. Totally. Totally. (laughs) Agreed. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time and answering all the burning questions of millennials. And I'm sure there's going to be tons more that will probably come your way. (laughs) Oh my God. I can't wait. Thanks so much for having me guys.